Hello and welcome to the Veterinary Secrets Podcast. My name is Dr. Andrew Jones and this is episode 61. In today's episode, I'll be sharing seven natural answers to dental problems in dogs. The top three natural antihistamines that can rapidly stop your dog from itching. Then conclude with the top five medical conditions in dogs and cats, and my thoughts as to what you can do to help prevent some of these common dog and cat diseases. Veterinary Secrets is on iTunes, Stitcher, and Podbean. You can download your favorite podcast player and start streaming us. I'd sure appreciate it if you'd subscribe to my podcast and leave a review. You can do so on iTunes, Stitcher, and Podbean. Questions or comments, feel free to post a comment on my blog at veterinarysecrets.com forward slash blog. That's where I put up all the podcasts. Or you can send me an email. That's at podcast at veterinarysecrets.com. Let's get right into today's podcast. The seven natural answers to dental problems in dogs. Bad breath, it's a common dog owner complaint, but it could be a symptom of a more severe dental problem. Plaque, gingivitis, periodontal disease, and loss of teeth are common dental problems, and these may lead to more serious health issues in your dog when left unattended. Good thing you don't have to spend a whole lot of time to address these problems. There are a number of natural remedies that you can administer at home. First, the obvious, brushing your dog's teeth. You know, just like people, our dogs pearly whites, they need some brushing too. All you need is the usual toothbrush and dental toothpaste specifically for dogs. Another great alternative dog toothpaste is baking soda. You know, please don't use toothpaste for people as it can be toxic to our dogs when it's swallowed can really make them feel ill. When you're brushing your dog's teeth, focus on the gum line since that's where, where we see the bulk of the dental problems like gingivitis. Fruits and vegetables. You know, this remedy is something your mom must have told you to eat more of. Fruits and vegetables are nutritious, great for people as well as for our dogs. Carrots and apples especially, they're really good. Being abrasive on that on the teeth are very firm and crunchy and they can help bring down break down some of the tartar and plaque. Raw meaty bones. You know, in, in this instance, you really want to consider um, feeding some bones to your dog, especially if your dog is one who's not going to crunch them up into small pieces and really gnaw them. Because what happens, you're feeding them a couple times a week, you're going to have a happy dog, and just that abrasive action of while he's sort of chewing on that side of that bone, trying to get that last little bit of meat off, does such a good job of helping remove some of that plaque and tartar. There's a product called Plaque Off. It's a natural product suitable for both cats and dogs. It's rich in natural iodine and contains important vitamins and minerals and is free from artificial colors, preservatives, gluten, and sugar. It's been quite effective at plaque control as it affects the ability of plaque to stick to surfaces in the mouth and then it softens hard tartar deposits. For dogs that weigh under 10 kilos, just use one scoop a day by adding to their dog food. Heavier dogs can have up to two scoops a day. Many dog owners are seeing improvement after four to six weeks of use. Another product I did use in practice was called a dental spray. Um, I'm called Liba 3. It's considered pretty good and very safe for our dogs. It contains herbs like mint and rose and trace elements and it's stabilized in ethyl 25% alcohol and distilled water. Um, all these ingredients are human grade. The herbs are the active ingredients that stimulate the enzymes and change the chemistry in the mouth which in turn appears to soften the tartar. It should be given twice a day morning and night. Effects become apparent after four to six weeks of continuous use. So both with the plaque off and the Liba 3, you need to use it for a good month to assess. Like don't just use it for a week and say, oh, it didn't work. Coenzyme Q10. Um, this is a pretty key nutrient. It aids in generating energy. It's found in every cell of the body, but especially concentrated in the heart and the gums. Low levels of this essential enzyme have been linked to periodontal disease. In one study, a periodontal specialist discovered that people with diseased gums had an unusually large deficiency of coenzyme Q10. This is also very applicable to our 
cats that have serious recurring gingivitis. The coenzyme Q10 dose is one milligram per pound. And really consider that. You've got a dog, serious recurring gingivitis. You're like, what else can I do? Really consider trying that. Then the last one I want to mention is a rinse. Lastly, just don't forget about some of the simple and easy to use natural remedies to decrease plaque, gum inflammation, and bad breath with the use of a green tea rinse. Plus, if your dog swallows some of it, it's okay. You start by making a cup of green tea in the morning, use a 20cc syringe, spreading the green tea on the top and bottom of the gums twice daily. You can do this for 14 days to see if it's helping. If it is working, it's really making a difference with your dog, then you can continue that indefinitely. The next part of today's podcast was about the top three natural antihistamines. Like sure, first, you know, what is an antihistamine? Why would you want to use one? And when you start to look at uh, the whole issues around allergy and what's happening in our dogs, um, the most common allergy is called atopy. Um, we used to call it inhalant allergy. Now we, now we see more it as a breakdown in, in the skin barrier of our dogs. And it's allowing certain allergens, you know, say for instance, house dust mites in everybody's house, or say for instance, the pollen's outside. Having a breakdown in that skin barrier, they penetrate in through the skin and stimulates this whole chain reaction. And that can involve a type of cell called a mast cell, which will then degranulate, lose all these granules, causing all this acute inflammation, then causing your dog to like, oh, start to want to itch. And this ongoing cycle continues. So many of you are familiar with things, you know, such as Benadryl, right? And that that is sort of the one conventional antihistamine I'd advise you give to your dog if you're going to give a conventional antihistamine. But consider some of these more natural ones because not only potentially they may be as effective, maybe not as much as Benadryl, may be similar, but be much safer to give on a long-term basis. So the first one is called Kerasidin. It's a flavonoid. It, in particular, it's found in apple peel. Um, there's been some studies on it with people that have allergies, been found to be moderately effective, may be helpful in our dogs. It comes as a capsule formation when you're looking at doses is about 25 milligrams per 10 pounds of body weight twice daily. The capsules I have here that I've tried with my neighbor's dog, little Pippi, you guys may have seen her in one of the YouTube videos, and they're 200 milligram capsules. So just, you know, based on your dog's weight, proportionate accordingly, based on Pippi being a 50 pound dog, I was going to give her one 200 milligram capsule twice a day. I did it for about two weeks. It was quite effective. The next one is called nettle. So think of stinging nettle. Many of you may have heard of it. Pretty common throughout all of North America. I think more, many parts of the world have it. it. Sort of grows in these sort of damper areas. If you touch it, if you ever had it, you rub it on the side of your skin. You get these instant red welts. It's super itchy. But nettle itself, it's denatured once it's cooked. Super nutrient dense. It, it contains a pile of kiki nutrients. So, I mean, I, I've consumed it happily um, for an array of different things. Such a nutrient dense plant. But secondarily, it's got some specific properties within it to make it um, antihistamine. It's been studied for allergic rhinitis in people. An easy way to do it is you can actually just get nettle as a tea and just make one cup of nettle tea, pouring, substituting that, pouring one cup into your dog's water bowl, you know, in the morning and night. Do it for 14 days, see if it's helpful. Another option is to, is to get freeze-dried nettle capsules. Um, when you're looking at doses of the nettle capsules, it's one to two milligrams per pound. There's no documented side effects, and it's very nutrient-dense. And the last one is called bromelain. So it's a specific supplement, an ingredient found in pineapple. Um, I've discussed it in the past as a treatment for arthritis, but it's also being used as antihistamine. Um, so say you've tried kerosene, it's not working. You've tried nettle, it hasn't working. Why don't you try bromelain? Once again, you can get it as a capsule formation, you're looking at bromelain doses, about one, two milligram per pound, twice daily. And then the last one I wanted to mention is what not to use. So I have... Many people have discussed the use of vitamin C as a natural antihistamine. The problem with using it is forget it, it to have any real antihistamine properties. 
you need to look at really high, high levels. And when you, as soon as you look at those, you're dealing with our animals having diarrhea, which is the last thing you want. When I look for in, further into it as far as research, research wise, there's not very many documented results saying it's been really that effective. So it's sort of one of those things. If it's gonna do anything, you need to give it at really high levels. But if you give it at that high level, you're gonna cause diarrhea. So my suggestion is best to avoid it. Try the first three that we just discussed. The last part of today's podcast, I wanted to talk about some of the top five medical conditions of dogs and cats. It was reported last year uh, by one of the pet insurance companies. And then sort of my thoughts on some of the more common sense preventive things you can do to prevent these from happening in your dog and cat with the first place. So last year, gastrointestinal issues brought more pet owners into the veterinary's office than any other ailment, according to Embrace Pet Insurance. The company combed through more than 200,000 claims during the last year to assemble the top five diagnoses of 2018 for both dogs and cats, along with the average cost to treat them. For dogs, here are the most common medical conditions from last year. Number one, with clinical signs including vomiting, diarrhea, not eating or drinking, drooling or foaming at the mouth. Visits for gastrointestinal issues were likely to cost close to $800. For dogs with allergies exhibiting itching and scabbing, watery eyes, sneezing, paw chewing, paw licking, vomiting, and or diarrhea, it, it racked up an average visit of $400. For ear infections, indicated by scratching, rubbing the ears, ears hot to the touch, discharge or odor, redness, swelling, hair loss, or loss of balance, cost $290. For dogs ex experiencing lameness, exhibited as an inability to properly use one of the limbs, claims average $620. Cranial cruciate ligament tears were the costliest common canine condition, $4,160. They include signs, you get a sudden sign of lameness, right? One of the rear, right to left, rear legs, whimpering, limping, swelling. Usually your dog's gone for a run, he twists one way or the other, blows that ACL, and he's acutely lame. But yeah, $4,000. What are some common sense preventives? You know, for some of the things, the GI things, obviously watching what your dog eats, Try a more natural type diet, you know, such as raw or homemade, and consider adding in some probiotics. For the allergies, the ear infections, consider adding in ad additional essential fatty acids, such as flax oil, fish oil. Think about the natural antihistamines we discussed, such as nettle. The supplement, 95% curcumin. And for the lameness, uh, or the ACL, to tear, ACL tears, really consider getting your dog on a really good quality sort of joint support supplement, such as mine, Ultimate Canine Advanced Health Formula. So Ultimate Canine has glucosamine, chondroitin, MSM. They both do. Ultimate Canine Advanced also has additional 95% curcumin. Either way, have a look at those supplements. Really good ones to have your dog on long term. They're available at drjonesnaturalpet.com. Now the top five medical conditions for our cats were even costlier. Cats suffered from gastrointestinal issues with an average cost of $900 for care. Second one, diabetes mellitus. So diabetes, we're talking so much about diabetes. It's associated with a host of clinical signs. You've got this middle-aged, overweight cat. All of a sudden he's starting to drink more, go to the bathroom more often, and often he'll all of a sudden eat less. You go in and see your vet, and sure enough, you we're doing a blood test, we're finding elevated blood sugar, may or may not find ketones in that urine as well, at an average cost of $1,150. Third was when cats were brought in, brought in for hyperthyroidism, elevated thyroid gland, they racked up a bill close to $1,000. Is there a UTI, feline or urinary tract disease, including abnormal frequent urination, constant licking, lethargy, excessive thirst or vomiting, and treatment for that condition averaged almost $400. And then unfortunately for some of these younger cats, 
lymphoma. This is a type of cancer. It was the fifth most common you know, claim for our cats last year, 2018. It exhibit some of the signs of lymphoma, growth or masses in the chest. For some of the older cats, they had intestinal tumors leading to weight loss, diarrhea, and vomiting. Claims for lymphoma averaged over $2,500. So my thoughts are on our cats. For our cats, primarily, the primary link here is, and is prevention is diet. You're feeding less kibble, more can, more raw, more homemade, especially more fluid uh, to help prevent and treat these UTIs or urinary tract disease. Candidate as well, you know, eliminating all that carb and that kibble, primary animal protein, it's going to help both prevent and even treat the diabetes, which it does in my own cat, Murray. For some of those GI issues, consider a good quality probiotic. And for the, the lymphoma, consider an immune boosting product such as colostrum. My supplement, Ultimate Feline Health Formula, has additional probiotics and colostrum. And it may also help lower phosphorus, which can play a role in being beneficial for the kidneys. It's also available at drjonesnaturalpet.com. So thanks again, you guys, for listening to the edition, this edition of the Veterinary Secrets Podcast, Podcast 61. Questions or comments, definitely, you know, either send me an email, podcast at veterinarysecrets.com. I'd love to hear your feedback. Just po- um, leave a, a comment after the podcast as well that I put up on the blog. And once again, love your feedback. Thanks for listening. This is Dr. Jones. Mm-hmm.